are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a February 7th. We are about 18 hours, 16 hours from the NBA trade deadline. It's February 7th. It's a Wednesday. It's a draft Wednesday here on the Locked On Podcast Network, which we have every Wednesday. And we are hours now from the NBA trade deadline. We know you want to talk about it. We know you're wondering what are the Blazers going to do? What can they do? Who's out there? We talked about some of the latest rumors on the last episode of this podcast after the Detroit game. We'll go into what other rumors have popped up in the last few hours and and what they mean for the Blazers going forward and what we can expect from the Blazers tomorrow. So we're going to talk about that and we're also going to talk about the Hornets game, preview the Hornets, who may not even be the same team that I talk about by the time that the Blazers play them because some of their guys could be traded. So uh, it may not be the most useful exercise, but first we're going to talk about all the juicy stuff that you want to talk about. NBA trade deadline, it's just around the corner. There's lots of Blazers news and nuggets to talk about before we get there. And so We're going to talk about what is going on in the Blazers world, what's going on in the NBA, things that affect the Blazers in the ecosystem of the league. But first, we're going to start off here with maybe not a surprising note, but I think just worth reinforcing for those of you who may not believe or don't want to hear it or think that the Blazers need to trade things or do something and do something drastic. That's not happening. C.J. McCollum is not going to get traded at the trade deadline. Joe Freeman of the Oregonian had that in his piece today from a league source. And C.J. talked about it and how it can be frustrating to constantly hear your name be thrown out in trade scenarios. And you, y'all know where I stand on this. I am not pro-trading CJ because I don't think it fixes any actual problems that the Blazers have and I think it 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 feels like fantasy basketball when people say you've got to balance the roster it it like trading CJ McCollum for Blake Griffin doesn't do it for me and trading CJ McCollum for a collection of you know so-so players that aren't as good of as as he is doesn't do it for me. The NBA is about star players, and C.J. McCollum is the closest thing the Blazers have to a star other than Damian Lillard, so I get why they don't want to trade him, because there's no other stars on the market. There's no star player that's going to come to Portland that is going to make them better, and I think what C.J. and Dame have is pretty good. Their defense has been pretty solid this year, so I'm not buying the they can't play defense, they can't do that and this. So C.J. McCollum not going to get traded. Not a surprise. Chris Mannix of Yahoo Sports had a little bit of a trade deadline update thing. Again, some more stuff that you probably expected, but think we need to talk about it nonetheless, that people are talking about it. 
Mo Harkless and Myers Leonard are there for the taking if anybody wants them. Surprise. I'm sure you knew that. I'm sure the you knew that the Blazers were trying to shop those guys. They've been trying to get under the luxury tax. And moving one of those guys for a minimal salary would do that. Uh, but the Blazers aren't going to be attaching a first-round pick just to move off of salary. They're going to hold on to their picks unless they can get a difference maker back. And I'm not sure that that player is out there and that that player is available, really. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily see it for, for the Blazers. And there was another nugget in the Mannix piece about the Blazers and DeAndre Jordan, which Adrian Wojnarowski reported that the Blazers have backed off of DeAndre in the last week. But Mannix says that people within the league believe that the Blazers could re-engage the Clippers as they get closer to the deadline. And that could totally happen. I mean, Neil Olshay is notoriously very aggressive uh, in, in trying to get deals, although we don't necessarily hear about them. And waiting on a deal for Jordan could be a situation where the Clippers may want something instead of risking losing Jordan for nothing. And maybe they call up the Blazers and say, hey, we'd love to give him to you guys for your first rounder. And and maybe that is something that, that they do because the offers that they've gotten so far that have been reported, Sam Amick reported that the Cavs tried to get DeAndre Jordan for J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson, whose contracts are much worse than the ones that the Blazers have. Although Smith and Thompson probably they're definitely more accomplished NBA players than either Harkless or Myers, though you could maybe convince yourself that both those other both Myers and Harkless are very young. You could convince yourself into a scenario where maybe they improve if they're given a shot, but the Clippers are also trying to win. Harkless, I think, has played really well as of late, had that great game against the Celtics. Maybe ease of interest down at the end of the deadline if the Clippers like him, but at the same time, the Clippers could be trying to hoard cap space and, and try and get in the mix for some max free agents either this year or the next year. So we'll see if they're enticed by Harkless or Myers Leonard. So again, Harkless, probably the name that has been in the news the most. Zach Lowe also reported on a col- in a column on ESPN, his po- pre-dread pre-trade deadline column talked about that the name to watch for Portland is Mo Harkless to be on the move and and Harkless is an intriguing player I mean he's been intriguing as long as he's been here he started off really poorly got benched for Pat Connaughton and then also Shabazz Napier to an extent has played more in recent days due to injuries to Napier and Turner so and, and also the the Blazers it's they don't want to pay the luxury tax. That is is pretty clear from everything that's been reported, everything that I've heard as well. The Blazers don't want to pay the tax on this team that is not going to win a championship, that may not even that is likely not going to make it out of the first round of the playoffs. And so you you look at them and, and you say, as a team, do we want to be paying the luxury tax and set themselves up for Next year, when they're probably a better team paying the repeater luxury tax, probably not. So they're going to be trying to make moves that shed a little bit of salary. A lot of times when you do that, that comes at a cost. That is something that a lot of teams will try and leverage you on. 
The Blazers were able to extract a first-round pick from the Cavs a couple of years ago and a second-rounder from the, uh, I believe it was the Miami Heat sent the second-rounder, but Brian Roberts got sent from Charlotte to Miami and then to Portland, so it was kind of like a three-way deal that got Brian Roberts to Portland a couple of years ago. So using Portland's experience to inform what a lot of teams could do to Portland. If teams know that they're trying to avoid the tax, then they can kind of gouge them for it. But if Portland dangles a future second rounder or something like that, maybe, and a guy like Noah Vonley, maybe that is something that comes to fruition. Vonley, obviously, just in case you hadn't heard, has also been shopped by the Blazers, according to reports. Again, not that surprising, given the fact that he's been replaced in the rotation by Zach Collins, who a guy who doesn't sound like the Blazers are going to trade him, even if it's a DeAndre Jordan deal. They're not going to do that. They're not going to give up their future. That's a non-starter for them. And so, so CJ, non-starter. Zach Collins, non-starter. Dame should go without saying non-starter. So, the Blazers have a lot of rumors around them, lots of names connected to them in the trade market, in the free agent market, in the in the or excuse me, not in the free agent market, in the trade market, and their own guys like Harkless may be of interest to some teams. Maybe teams are trying to wait the Blazers out to negotiate with them. And also, you know, maybe who knows what type of tax situation the Blazers find themselves in. They obviously don't want to pay the tax this year, but Maybe there's a way that they can get off of it without having to give up a future first or something like that. You know, maybe they trade a future second and that's all they do. Uh, lots of guys are available right now. Marcus Smart apparently available for a first round pick. And so th- there's lots of guys available. Tyreek Evans also available. I don't think Portland's going to go after him and go deeper into the tax to get him. Even if you're interested in Tyreek Evans, I just don't see it happening. And one guy that. The Blazers were not targeting, but it could inform the free agent market and maybe what the Blazers decided to do with some of their upcoming free agents was the Lou Williams deal. Lou Williams signing an extension today with the Los Angeles Clippers. So we'll talk about that and some other NBA rumors in a moment. But if your company is interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked On Blazers is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men between that age group, this is your spot. Our rates are reasonable. So email us at lockedonblazers@gmail.com, or you can email me personally at eric.gunderson89 at gmail.com if you're interested in sponsoring the show. Also, it's a draft Wednesday here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We always love playing draft, the best daily fantasy sports app out there. Super easy. There's no budget. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. It's just fun. It's free. It doesn't take that much time. And it's a super fun way to play fantasy sports and play it every day. You get in a draft. You pick a team of five. And you can even set your rankings before you go into the draft to set it on auto-draft. You can play, you win money, and when you win, you get to cash out the next day, and you can even get a free entry in a draft by using promo code LONBA when you sign up. So go to the your app store, either Google Play or iTunes, download the draft app, and use promo code LONBA when you sign up. So, 
We're going to look here at what the market is doing. The cap crunch is coming. I think we saw a reflection of that today. But after that, we're going to look ahead at the Charlotte Hornets, who have been slightly disappointing this season, have had some injuries, but could give the Blazers trouble if they don't trade everybody tomorrow. Uh, Lou Williams signed an extension today, not a target of the Trailblazers. Obviously, the Blazers don't need any more guards who can really score the ball and aren't. And Lou Williams is worse at defense than Dame or CJ, so I, you know, or Shabazz. So I, I don't, there's no reason why they would want Lou Williams, but it can be instructive in that he signed a three-year deal worth $24 million with a third-year team option. And Lou Williams said all the right things today about wanting to be in one place, liking where he is. You know, he's bounced around a lot as a player. He's kind of been one of these mercenary players where he's on two teams almost every year. You know, get, last year he was on the Lakers, got traded to the Rockets, then gets traded from the Rockets to the Clippers, and you see why he would maybe want some consistency on a personal level. At the same time, I think this is also reflective of what the market is going to be now that basically every team, Portland knows this better than anybody, has buyer's remorse from that big free agent spending spree of 2016 where everyone left and right was getting enormous deals and now those deals aren't there. So, you know, the the Clippers are putting a good face on it. Lou Williams is putting a good face on it. But I would not be surprised if his agent just looked at all the teams that don't have any cap space that are loaded with bad contracts, Portland being one of them, but they're not alone. And seeing that there's not a lot of money out in that free agent pool, even for a guy who is having a fringy all-star season in Lou Williams. And that's pretty wild. And I think that's really interesting when you think about the guys that the Blazers have coming up in free agency. A guy like Pat Connaughton, who, you know, I thought was going to get a big deal, but it isn't necessarily the, the year that it was a last year or even two years ago. And maybe the Blazers can keep Connaughton at a much lower price than they could have had Crab at or uh, Harkless even. Uh, you have a situation with Yusuf Nurkic uh, that, that Brian Windhorst actually talked about with Alex Kennedy where he was talking about how you have a situation in Portland where or excuse me, not he was on the Hoop Collective podcast, excuse me, when he talked about DeAndre Jordan and him betting that DeAndre would either stay in L.A. or go to Portland. He was citing league sources saying that they all thought that Portland would land him eventually because of the connection with Neil O'Shea. But what he also talked about was the center market and just the market in general and that there's a very conceivable scenario in which Yusuf Nurkic is making less money annually than Myers Leonard. And that's not unlikely. In fact, I think this Lou Williams deal shows us that it is likely. So while some people might grouse about that, that, that Myers is going to be making more than Nurkic, it all and 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 for Nurkic it, it sucks because he's he hasn't had that great of a year, but 
I, I think he's better than Myers, that he's not going to get paid like that. But that's also just the reality of the market and what's happened after a lot of these teams signed big deals. And, hey, you know, it, it, it's it's really interesting. And, you know, good on Myers, good on Harkless, good on Evan Turner, you know, as, as individuals for securing the bag. Very, very supportive of that. But uh, it is just a really interesting thing from a market perspective and trying to project who the Blazers can keep, who they can sign, that Nurkic probably is not going to get that much money compared to Myers or compared to Harkless and definitely compared to Evan Turner. And maybe that's a reason why Portland has backed off from the DeAndre deal because Nurkic has been solid on the defensive end, which is really where he helps you. He's a not as good of a finisher as DeAndre Jordan, which is disappointing, but he's a really great passer. He's a good screener, and he's younger and, and can probably get better. And maybe the calculus is the Blazers front office thinks we're better off just not trading for DeAndre and not locking ourselves into a guy who makes $24 million a year and could probably command somewhere near that, again, if he opts out of his contract. And even if it's a short-term deal, I get Portland not really wanting to be interested in that because Nurkic has been serviceable and they can probably get him for a lot less. So I get that. And so I, I know that... uh there's been a lot of frustration about the contracts that the Blazers signed guys to, but it is somewhat coming around a little bit that the Blazers are, it, it, it's, it's fluctuating back the other direction and the market forces that kind of created that bubble aren't, they're not injecting as much new money into it. The playoff revenue went down. So the cap shrunk the, the, the salary cap and the operating budget that the NBA has isn't growing like they thought it was going to. So now Portland probably has an opportunity to get a lot of these guys at a pretty cheap rate that compared to the 2016 market would be below market value. So the, the cap crunch is really interesting. I think that Lou Williams deal is very instructive in teaching us that Wow, I think a lot of people before the season were thinking Nurkic max deal probably. You know, that's not happening. I, I don't care what Nurkic does the rest of the season, and even if he balls out in the playoffs, his consistency just does not warrant a max deal and doesn't even warrant probably in the market where the Blazers can kind of squeeze him, probably not even worth what he can command and what the Blazers are willing to give him. And, you know, it sucks for the player. I, I really do, th that really does suck for him. But at the end of the, for the Blazers, cap sheet and all that stuff, for their flexibility, it's probably the, it's probably the business move to do. So, um, really interesting stuff with the Lou Williams deal. I think that was a, a really good learning lesson for the NBA and what the market looks like. And... I think Portland is probably going to be able to keep their guys at a lot cheaper than we think. And when you compare it to the contracts that were signed in 2016, they're going to look really low. So very interesting stuff, I think. Um, and who knows, maybe that also 
lessens the incentive for the Blazers to attract attach draft compensation to guys like Myers or Harkless who you know they may be wanting to get off their books for the luxury tax but they can keep guys have a lower luxury tax bill and and, and they can get guys on a cheaper deal and then maybe trade some of these other guys down the line to stay below the tax because if they have those guys maybe that's something that they can do as well down the line is is hold on to those guys a little bit longer and then maybe trade them later to avoid the repeater because the other guys that they can sign to deals they can negotiate smaller deals for avery bradley is also apparently on the trade market he's on the clippers right now and the clippers are looking for a first round pick According to Mark Stein, who just reported a little bit ago, the Spurs have some interest in Avery Bradley. So that's some interesting stuff right there. Again, uh, Bradley, a guy who I don't think Portland is going to give up a pick for. Very good defender. Northwest guy. Would not be a, a bad deal, I especially for him to be close to home. He's from Tacoma, just like Isaiah Thomas. So, you know... And he, he is a really good perimeter defender, better three-point shooter than Marcus Smart, a guy that I thought could fit nice. So who knows what happens there? Maybe Portland's of interest because he can defend, can play a lot of different three-guard positions, maybe a little small forward. But I don't think Portland's going to go after him, but he's on the market. So that's some interesting stuff. But we're going to talk about the Charlotte Hornets here, who might also have some guys on the move who the Blazers face tomorrow night at the Moda Center in a second. So, the Blazers host the Charlotte Hornets. Who are the Charlotte Hornets this year? Well, they are outside of the playoffs, and they're probably not going to make it at this point with Detroit making the deal for Blake Griffin. And they're they're looking to be sellers at the trade deadline. They have a big, big salary sheet, and they're going to be looking to move some guys. They've reportedly been looking to or listening to offers for Kemba Walker and Brian Windhorst speculated the other day that the Cavs are still trying to get him who knows how they could go about that they're probably more likely move like looking to move Nick Batum who has a monstrous max deal one of those uh summer of 2016 deals that just exploded and and is not looking good on their sheets right now Batum had a really bad injury in the preseason. He's playing through it right now, but he's probably going to need offseason surgery on his left elbow. So that that sucks for him as well. Dwight Howard, who the Hornets traded for in an effort to kind of win now, try and make the playoffs. They are not going to I, I don't think they're going to move him. He's had kind of a renaissance season. He's had a really solid season getting bored, scoring in the paint. I I don't think he's going to get moved but maybe he does maybe a team that like the Cavs who I've kind of advocated for that move maybe they look for him I don't think Portland's going to get in on the Dwight Howard sweepstakes he has a pretty big salary cap number and if Portland's trying to avoid the luxury tax I don't really see it that's another reason why I don't really see DeAndre because I don't think DeAndre takes the Blazers from I could be wrong but I I don't think he takes the Blazers from where they are to the Rockets, Warriors, Thunder level of, you know, championship aspirations. So I don't see that happening. The The Hornets, if they are the team that they still are tomorrow, 
they don't have a ton of shooting around Kemba Walker and Batum and Dwight Howard. Jeremy Lamb has had a rough season shooting the three. Frank Kaminsky has had a rough season shooting the three. Malik Monk has just been really young and and showed his inexperience and just has not really delivered in the way I think a lot of people hyped him up to be thinking of his great games in college and his, his run at Kentucky where he had a couple of 40 point games in college. He just hasn't been that type of player has not been that effective. And I think Portland was probably right to Neil O'Shea was probably right to pick Zach Collins instead of Monk. I'll, I'll still hold out on Donovan Mitchell, but I think a lot of folks thought you know, Monk is a more proven guy in college. He did more at the college level, but you can see Zach Collins getting better every single night. So I, I don't think Portland should have any regrets over that one. So the Blazers facing off against a well-coached Hornets team. Steve Clifford, great, great coach. Just a lot of the talent not clicking for the, the Hornets this year. And they also had some really bad injury luck. Batum is basically playing with one arm. Kemba Walker has been phenomenal, as he always is. That's going to be a problem for the Blazers if he's still on the team. So, really interesting outlook for the Blazers in this one. They should be able to take care of business. The, the The Hornets are kind of a good, bad team, especially if they have their guys. But I'm going to have the caveat once again that their guys could very well be on the move. I don't know where to, but they very well could be on the move. So, we have 16 hours until the NBA trade deadline. It's evening here in Portland, and we're going to wrap this one up. We're going to have a trade deadline special after the Hornets game tomorrow with Corbin Smith. So we're going to have a lot more content coming for you this week on Locked on Blazers. Keep it locked, subscribe, tell your friends, and we'll talk to you tomorrow after the Blazers trade deadline and the NBA trade deadline. We'll let you know if they do anything, if they don't do anything. But odds are it's going to be something small. It's going to be a tweak rather than uh, a big, big move. But until then...